0: <laughs> oh my God! You want to talk about oh oh, you Oh! To- to the dotted line right we're continuing the conversation about generational curses so you know I have to have Mr. Kyle Ramsey back with us I'm so happy to have you back what's up what's up what's up Yes, yes. I'm super happy to have you back and to continue the conversation. So last episode, we were talking about generational curses in the aspects of relationships and finances, right? Mm -hmm. So this episode, I really want to focus on triggers that are caused by generational curses, right? So when I think of a trigger, um, one for me specifically is my mom. So, um, with her, she was she's not an affectionate person at all. Mm-hmm. Um, not she doesn't want to be in your face, she doesn't want me to, you know, drink after her, anything like that. Obviously, this is pre-COVID, right? Right. But she just didn't like me in her space. And I'm talking about when I lived at home with her, right? right. So when I got into dating relationships, right, and people want to be in my face, I would be like, Why are you in my face? Like you're in my personal space, like mm-hmm. you're too close, you're too this, like I just I need my, you know, five feet five to ten feet I need that right so when I had kids is when it changed because my kids are very very affectionate so I kind of oh, had to realize so. that I had that you know trigger and, and mm-hmm. identified as a trigger but to let my guard down with that and be affectionate towards my kids because I didn't want my kids to feel like I didn't love them right Absolutely. or and
1: I, and sorry to uh, just jump in but I think last time when we were here we talked a lot about the events of our life, sort of like the timeline and the bi- the bi- the bi- um the biography mm-hmm. of how we got to where we are. Right. And I think why this is so important that you're talking about this and that this is you know the second episode is identifying those triggers. Yes. It's really, really, really important. I and love so, somebody. <laughs> it really is one of the like the major first steps uh, to. Um, heal from those generational curses. So I really just appreciate you saying that because not a lot of people do that. I mean, a lot of people just get mad and they just talk and they scream and they don't take the time to really figure out what those triggers are.
0: Right. And when you're all screamed and talked out, it's like, you got to figure out something, right? You can't keep screaming and getting upset and yelling and asking a fool for so long because that gets tiresome, right? Like, what are you doing it for? What's the problem? So hello, you know, (laughs) so Kyle, I want you to define what you feel like triggers are and then what is one of your triggers?
1: I think triggers are, well, I don't have to, I don't think they are. Um, I was a psych major, so.
0: Mm, that's cute. <laughs> one of the things that, yeah, you know, had a little
1: focus in uh, educational neuroscience. You know,
0: yes, <laughs> put some respect on that degree.
1: No intellectual flex for you. <laughs> but uh, triggers are, Reactions to memories or uh, memories or feelings or situations that you have in your past mm-hmm. that elicit a negative feeling which and then in turn elicits a negative reaction. Mm-hmm. So a trigger or sort of, you know, they sort of call it um, this, Pavlo- this Pavlovian. So uh, Pavlov was this a scientist. Um, Who had the um, the bell effect? So there's this uh, uh, Pavlov had this amazing experiment essentially where the dog learned a behavior Mm
0: -hmm. through
1: another sensory. So whether that sensory was a bell or the sensory was being treated with a a treat Mm -hmm. through Pavlov through Pavlov's experiment, he was able to actually link the the sound of a bell to the idea of getting a treat to elicit the dog's reaction to start drooling in excitement because every Mm -hmm. time he heard that bell he associated the bell with getting a treat
0: Mm -hmm.
1: when you remove the treat this is (laughs) this is some science talk shit okay
0: come on church (laughs) (laughs) no but
1: once you remove the treat and you hear the bell it triggers a reaction it Mm -hmm. triggers um something in you innately whether or not the situation is actually there so when right. I say this Pavlovian, I'm referring to that specific scientist. But moving further, um, we experience these triggers in our day-to-day life. So we right. tie our emotions and our feelings and the anxieties that we, that we got in that one moment mm-hmm. and we assign them to whether it's a sound or it's a view or whether it's um, a way the way someone talks to you or the way someone interacts with you. We assign mm-hmm. those triggers with that trauma or that experience and we sort of react accordingly or we react the way that we know or we feel is most appropriate because that's what we're used to
0: right right so uh,
1: did you ask me what what my triggers are
0: yeah what's one of your triggers well mm, Mm, okay the tea
1: had to take a little sip for this question okay Um, because when I think about triggers I think about it in two different ways
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think when I think about the things that get me riled up the easiest Mm -hmm. Um, I think about the way I react to two major facets of my life that I'm working on Mm -hmm. the first is family Mm -hmm. when I'm dealing with family Mm -hmm. the biggest trigger for me is raising your voice don't raise your voice at me Mm -hmm. like I think one of the biggest things that I learned in leaving college like leaving Texas to go to college is Mm -hmm. people can have disagreements and people can have a Difference of opinion without raising their voice, right? Mm-hmm. And I genuinely think, for me and my family, when people start raising their voice and screaming, it it's a trigger for me because, you know, there's no secret. You know, I have a, you know, like I said in the last episode, you know, me, and my mom, mm-hmm. we have a, a rocky relationship, but it's because there's no mutual communication. I mm-hmm. pleaded to have a healthy, tour of communication. And I feel like because the screaming occurs, I'm not able to get to a place of resolve. Because whenever someone is challenged, I feel like, or whenever she feels challenged by someone, she begins to scream. Mm. It, it re- causes me to completely shut down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've had to, I've had to learn how to grow past it. Because, you know, like I said, the first step to healing from those sugars or those whatever is acknowledging the gaps in the hurt. And so yeah. I've had to learn how to deal with that because when my, you know, my, in my field of work, uh, my day jobs, uh, teaching or in leading, uh, being an educational leader, my kids, when they get upset, they scream. Mm-hmm. But it's my responsibility as their leader to show them, listen, you're screaming for a reason. I'd like to know why so we can fix it. Right. So that's the biggest thing for a family. What a, what a, I have, I have a, my other one is I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take up all the airtime. So. Mm um I'll stop there and then I'll give you my other trigger after you
0: yeah so I mean before we get into your other trigger and something that you addressed you said like you know you had in order to address a trigger you have to kind of look back at what causes the trigger right Right. (laughs) so when we say that explain your other trigger that's in your other facet of life and how you you know you have that trigger and how do you address it and assess it
1: so with my family, uh I'll start with this one. With my family, when they start to scream, mm-hmm. I will say very clearly, you're beginning to scream. And if you if you continue screaming, I'm gonna walk away from the conversation. I'm gonna remove myself from the situation because you screaming is it's causing me to be upset. And I need to make it clear that you doing that is upsetting me or it's making me feel the type of way. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. remove myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go ahead and show the other one. Uh, the other facet is relationships. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and when I'm in a relationship, when I sense that there is a lie or an omission of truth, mm. it causes me to lose interest quickly than anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, someone could have... I, even, like... I, this is a terrible example, but you, know, you could have, like the person can have like some sort of dysfunction, like they can't get excited or, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'll take that and talk through that, you know, or a lack of interest, you know, sexually Mm
0: -hmm. over
1: a damn lie. You know, I think honesty and, you know, that comes from, you know, some of my first relationships, you know, they were plagued with people lying.
0: Like, I'm mm-hmm. such
1: an open, honest person. Um, I don't know if you can vouch for, you know, you can let you people know. I, yeah. I've, I've never held my tongue. I've, yeah. I've always, I, I, ch- I challenge directly. You know, it's mm-hmm. a part of, uh, the, the, you know, I mean, I've learned that, you know, I've had to control it, but I've learned when you challenge things directly and you set clear boundaries, people tend to seek to you for your honest opinion. It's honestly yeah. what makes the world go round. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I have to moderate it. Sometimes there's a such thing as too much honesty, (laughs) guilty as charged. But my (laughs) point is, there's no reason to lie. There's no reason to lie. And, you know, there's a sort of beauty that comes from complete vulnerability and openness. And, you know, this is literally what makes all the best relationships and whether it's business or your marriage or anything. If you are telling the truth and you're having an open dialogue, no matter how how bad it is, and no ma- like what the bad is the bad and the good is the good, you're gonna grow from that.
0: Yes, but
1: you know, I'll give you an example. I was talking to this uh, this person, this dude, and when I lived in Columbus, and you know it it was a it was a sexual thing turned emotional, turned relationship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there was so much like of omission like there was so much omission of truth and there was always like a lie. Like I didn't get the full truth, but I was so attached to the the moments we had once a week on our, you know, on our, you know, hookup appointment. Um, <laughs> I literally like just negated everything else. I was like, you know right. what? Because this is so well, I can look past that. But when, you know, when, I stopped talking to him, and when I stopped talking to him, and I know this is going to get dark for a second, but when he passed away
0: mm. and suddenly,
1: he had a brain aneurysm. The dude had a whole life that I didn't know about, mm. and what I mean whole life, I mean this dude had children, not child mm. children that I didn't know about. Plural, well, geez. plural. Yes. I, I believe a girlfriend or a fiance. Wow. Um, he was like a deacon of a church you know that's a mm. whole other conversation that's a whole other conversation that I'm, right. not, I'm 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 not gonna get into but there are there were so many things that I discovered about him that really rubbed me the wrong way I was mm-hmm. like really disappointed because mm-hmm. to read that in his obituary and mm. not actually have a dialogue like I could have but those are things I could have looked past mm-hmm. but the I mean I don't know maybe I mean I don't know maybe not the marriage thing I, I don't know i ain't trying to be no i ain't trying to be no sideline, hoe. Side no, no sideline. Ho. <laughs> <Ba-da-ba>.
0: <laughs> i mean but i think I, I agree with you with the line that is a trigger for me i mm-hmm. dated two of the most like i'm gonna say because, you know, after I've seen this meme going around that says, like, if I dated you, you know, before I was 25 it doesn't count. And mm-hmm. I agree. Right. It's like credit. It rolls <laughs> over. I've been married for eight years. Right. And we don't have to talk about it. But you I will know. say that there are two exes that I have that when I think mm. of, of growth that I had, I think of these two exes. And one was particularly like my my biological dad, which is very ironic because I wasn't mm. raised by him or anything like that. Yeah. And this particular dude lied when I say mm went to a club, went out <laughs> drinking and, you know, filling fill the drink and I'm like, okay, cool. He's nice making sure me and my friends get back to the hotel. So on and so forth.
1: Okay. And hold I, on, hold on, hold on. We won't say names, but we're not saying this, names. I, we're not saying names, but can I guess, does his name start somewhere in the A through K range?
0: No, it doesn't. No. I know who exactly who you're talking about. No, it wasn't it's him. Not. No, it wasn't him. So oh. long story short, Meet him in a club, that's the wrong place to meet someone. And as time went on and we're talking, dude is telling me he's like a, you know, a radiology tech, so on and so forth. I mean, we'll go so far to text me at night, like, cause he said he worked overnight. Hey, I'm getting ready to go to work. I'll text you when I get off. And then get off, right? And I'm saying that in air quotes. And then would text me, hey, good morning, this, that, and the third. Lo and behold, this was for two weeks. Dude was like, hey, I'm going to come visit you, so on and so forth. Dude moved in on me, like came to visit, but moved in like, hey, I don't have anywhere else to go. Wait a minute, what? what you, I thought she was, you know, a radiology tech, like you got somewhere to go, but you have an employment to go back to, right? If you're
1: a radiology tech, you got money.
0: Hello, somebody, money. right? And at the time, I didn't even finish undergrad, right? I had a few college credits. I wasn't doing nothing. So Lord, I mean, it, it was, I mean, the cool. lies and the lies and the lies they developed. Mm. And as time went on, like you said, you go and you sit up here and you reminisce on the good times, you reminisce on, you know, the positive times in the relationship and you try to make it work. But it was just like those lies. I mean, they were so flagrant and so i mean they were just so it was like why are you lying Mm. there's no reason for you to lie so i definitely agree with you on that being a trigger so talking about boundaries and Mm. i want to say this before i ask you a question in the black community because i'm black and i'm Mm -hmm. I'm speaking for, for myself that usually when you try to set boundaries with an adult with an elder right? They Mm -hmm. take it as being disrespectful, right? So that boundary, you're telling somebody, hey, I can't make this commitment. I'm not going to the party because you know, I don't fool with so-and-so. So, So, you know, so many different examples, right? So with that being said, because our community is very, you know, um, true and dear to saying, you know what, you can't tell me how you feel because that's being disrespectful. How do you feel like, um What's the most effective way to set boundaries with like your parents, grandparents, things like that, people and families? I'm just really going to say the baby boomers.
1: Yeah, well, I want to be very clear with what I'm about to say. Um, mm-hmm. I've sought out, I've, I've looked into it, I've researched mm-hmm. it, talked to medical professionals, both, yes, um, socially and medic medical prof- social professionals and medical professionals, mm-hmm. and this is what they all say. Hmm. That mindset, that because you are someone's child and because Mm -hmm. you, even when you're an adult and the notion that disagreeing with your parent is disrespectful is toxic as fuck.
0: Yes.
1: Let me say that again. The notion that your parents tell you, the notion that they tell you, you cannot disagree with them because they are your parent is toxic as fuck. Yes, Tabernacle. And I'll say it again. Cause let me tell you why, when you become an adult and you become your own person and you own things, you know, they might help you, they might help you or they might not help you. But when you are an adult and you are able to take care of yourself, you are able to form and see things that you were not able to see when you were a child.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And this notion that someone can't challenge you because of a title of your mom or dad. It's a way of control and it's not okay. Right. And I think that's one of the things I've always appreciated about my dad is, you know, as an adult, I've all even as a child, I always felt like I could talk to him and he could sense from the understanding. From the moment I came out to him, I knew he was someone I could talk to. Um, and he would listen to me. Right. And he would ask how I feel.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I feel like parents who say you can't parents who believe in that want control
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they seek they seek sort of self-serving they, they seek they seek things that serve themselves
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they want to paint themselves in a certain light or they want to have things it's toxic like you can ask any therapists shout out to therapists shout out to yes. uh, mental health professionals mm. because I'm telling you they all say the same thing. People who think that way, anyone, and not even just like parents and grandparents, mm-hmm. but I had, you know, I had, a, I, I not, not an uncle, but like a, a friend of a, a, a guy, a, a guy I call an uncle who's a friend of, of my family,
0: mm-hmm.
1: tell me like, you know, in a wake of, you know, I just lost my grandmother to COVID
0: mm, and- Rest in peace.
1: Yes, rest in peace, Barbara um you are definitely missed but I, w- I want to be real when I was having this conversation and expressing you know I was getting passionate on the phone he was like hey, 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 oh you cut that out <laughs> it's your uncle Mel now you listen to me I said I'm gonna let you finish but know what? that I'm not done giving my point yet so I'm gonna let you finish come on but I'm not 12 okay. I listen to you and I'm I'm speaking and you're cutting me off which come is come on Cam that's okay but come on no, I'm that's speaking. not
0: my name. I'm, I'm that's, speaking. That's that's, that's what the name. vice pres. That's what the vice president oh, said. Oh,
1: Ka- Kamala. Kamala. Okay. Kamala. Okay, great.
0: I'm I'm speaking. I'm speaking.
1: You know, you know, that was that was low key like a, a low key trigger. I thought you were mixing my name with my mother's name, and no. I was like, um, did you not hear? Me? I say I was not <laughs> my mom. Like, why are you doing that?
0: <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Brid- Yeah. I was
1: like, that's rude, but okay. But I I get it now. I get it. Kamala. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Vice President. Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I can laugh now.
0: (laughs) I'm so so done with you. So when I think of, like, you know, like you said, family, friends of the family, adults, and things like that, Mm -hmm. like, they are very firm in saying you're disrespecting them. And like I never thought of it that way as far as it being toxic because I think we're so used to being in toxic situations mm-hmm. that you know, you're strong enough to deal with this, right? Like you you mm-hmm. know, this is how it is, you're going to love somebody through this, so on and so forth, that you don't realize things like that are toxic, right? You don't realize that someone telling you as as a grown adult, like you didn't pay your dues, you pay taxes, you do your thing. Hey, you're not old enough to disagree with me. And I do feel like that is like, now that that you've said that I definitely feel like that's toxic. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm 33 years old. Like I could say whatever I want to say. Right. You like can. That, That's, that's just what it is. And it should, I think too, another thing that should really be noted is that when I say setting boundaries, cause I, um, when I, when I say setting boundaries, I don't mean to sit up here and start disrespecting people, right? Oh, because for it. That, Never. that's Never. now Lord knows I've been one of the people that ha- have cussed out a few old people in my time, right? But Hello. you know, we're we're moving forward, we're we're growing. We're growing? Yes. We're improving. We're, yes, we're doing better. But so I want to say that that you can set boundaries with, you know, baby boomers, grandparents, parents, you know, uncles, aunts, friends of the family. You can do all of that, but you have to be respectful. And I Always. feel I feel like sometimes I'm not the best one to do that. So I definitely sometimes like rely on my husband to be like, Hey, I don't know if I'm feeling this, but he's a little bit more diplomatic than me that he's going to sit up here and like say it in a very respectful way. And I'm like, yes, that's why I need you because you know how to say things. I'm the one that's going to kind of flop the handle a little Mm -hmm. bit. Right. So I definitely think it's important to set those boundaries. So Kyle, what do you feel like are steps that can be taken to heal from generational curses. So after you've assessed everything, after you've seen everything, and, and addressed it, and you're working with it, you're communicating, telling people, hey, if you keep continuing to do this, this is gonna, you know, make me leave the room. This is gonna make me, you know, exit the conversation. How do you feel like you can heal from that?
1: Heal so from triggers. Mm-hmm. I well, I would just want to go also roll on record and say I'm not a health professional and uh, a mental health professional and i would just do a little psa if you have not considered therapy and you have these feelings you should definitely i feel like um therapy is just something that is overlooked in the african-american community
0: absolutely and
1: as someone who is a recipient of therapy um i have heard from let's just say this it has therapy has been life-changing Yes. In terms of you know addressing things that I need to deal with, and I think people need to do it more. Like it needs to be more of a conversation. And I respect mm-hmm. people like Amanda Seals and Kendrick Sampson, um, who just talk about it very publicly, like black figures who talk about it publicly. Absolutely. So But that said, uh, I think the steps that I have taken that have healed me from triggers and you know generational curses or gener- things that have been you know I see as generational curses. The first step is to acknowledge the gaps in the hurt Mm -hmm. um you really you none of us can heal if you don't know where the pain is coming from you don't know where the pain is coming from you don't know where the bleeding is how do you know where to stitch it up and so say it again i think uh acknowledging where the gaps are being reflective on what you are going to do like what you were going to do as someone who um It's going to heal from that. You need to, you really need to take a look in the mirror and take a look at your life Mm -hmm. and acknowledge where the gaps are. Absolutely. Uh, The second step after that is to, once you've acknowledged it, now you need to remove whatever the malice is or work through, not maybe remove it, but work through the resentment um, of those situations. Maybe some of those choices your parents made or your brothers made, whatever hurts you, work to get past it. Mm -hmm. because you're working towards a place where the blame stops with you yeah it might have been going on with your mom it might have been going on with your grandmother Mm -hmm. if it truly is going to be something that you're going to work on and you want to heal from it it needs to stop with you absolutely um and I feel like this step is so it just hits home because a lot of what my mom says she wants to do a lot of what my dad says he wants to do Mm -hmm. I see him acting And I think Mm -hmm. that's really why me and my mother aren't really eye to eye because she's saying one thing and doing another. Right. You ask me, you know, I'm just revisiting the conversation we had. and This is why I love being so honest because, you know, genuinely, maybe she'll hear this one day. I want her to hear this. But the reality is, and I want the the audience to know everything that I'm saying on this call, I've put in an email. I've Mm -hmm. said this to her. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, to so go back to the last question about how you set boundaries, I, I, another way is if you know one way is not working, tell whoever you're giving that boundary to, tell them in a different way. Yeah. If I know my mom is a screamer, I'm going to send it to her in an email. Right. I'm going to send it to her in a text because guess what? I She can read that text without having a, she can see my intent clearly and take it or leave it. Right. That's true. Um. With that said, uh, if you have that situation going or you have that trigger and you've acknowledged it, the next step is to work towards um, getting past it and realize that your choices are your choices. Absolutely. If it stops with you, let it really stop with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say the, the next and last steps are really just take time to grow, get better and take action.
0: Yeah. Like
1: if you have a problem, if you have an infection, or if you have a disease, if you don't work to fix it or heal it, it you're being complacent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like true. complacency is so dangerous. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like, and I, you know, I just wanna also just mention, you know, you and I, you know, we have, we have escaped an environment. We've escaped a city where domestic disputes are rampant. You know, mm-hmm. we have classmates you know, we just lost a classmate um, recently um, and like her her children are going to be traumatized from what they experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like that occurred because of complacency. Yeah. You know? I yeah. feel like that occurred, that behavior was not challenged directly. So that dude's friends let him act that way. And it was yeah. okay. Yeah. It became an okay behavior. And so I'm not for that. You know, there's some dudes in that same city who have an ass beating waiting for them. And I'll use the time on your podcast to let you know, know if I'm in Denton and I see you, I'm catching a charge because I'm punching you in the face because you abuse women. And although I'm not close to you to get to you, know that when I see you, I'm gonna see you and you Mm. will know it's me.
0: It's, it's the so, hood life for me that, that really just...
1: I'm sorry, I switched it up too much. I'm yeah,
0: sorry. it's it's the hood life for me. That's I definitely feel like um, you have to get to a point where you get out of your comfort zone and really get out mm-hmm. of your own way, right? Absolutely. A lot of times, um, I saw a meme the other day on Instagram that said, like, I was sitting up here thinking it was all the people and it was everybody else's fault, but I looked around and it was me, right? Yeah. And it cannot be everybody, it, it cannot be everybody else's issue, it has to be you. So I say that with, we've all went through, through things, right? We've all had things that happened to us, you know, um, unfortunate circumstances and things like that. But you really have to take ownership and say, okay, this happened to me, yes, but how do I heal from that? How do I grow from that? What can I do? What steps can I take? What? How do I need to remove myself from, you know, just a, a bad environment to change my surroundings and things like that? And really, get a network get people that are supportive get people that you can talk to that are going to build you up and be positive right exactly. and really just have positive self talk because if you were talking mm-hmm. down about yourself to yourself to whoever right that's going to be your outcome right that's definitely going to be your outcome so you have to be positive and have a better mindset and kind of you know put yourself in a situation to succeed for sure
1: hello somebody what are you doing <laughs>
0: okay he didn't like my mom says he didn't done, done it okay he didn't done, so, done it okay so kyle i want to thank you so much for coming back to the second episode Aww, of the dotted line it's right? already over <laughs> it it is and and i appreciate you being here i appreciate you giving your you know your feedback and your expertise because you're so so educated so we got to go ahead and put some respect on that degree right we, we definitely I mean, have to
1: i say this humbly i am a reflection of opportunity and progression and i just i hope i am i hope i have encouraged people tonight i hope i've educated. Uh, because I, I really seek to educate all I, I'm not I'm not a know-it-all but um, I know if I don't have the right answer I'm going to seek, seek out someone who does know the right answer yes and get a informed professional feedback on how to hello. get to that answer
0: hello somebody come on hello. come on tagline okay. <laughs> okay hello so again Kyle thank you so much for being here on the dotted line y'all um, I hope you enjoyed and y'all catch me on the next episode of the dotted line